The Space God Memoirs. Episode 8 The honey-colored sunlight of the early morning poured over the curving landscape before us. Ahead, the muddy wagon trail led straight to a landmark the locals called the Four Brothers, towering mounds of earth choked in bright green vinery and purple blooms, whose sugary aroma I could already smell. So could the bugs who gathered in swarms throughout the area. There were masses of them over the flowers nearer to us, droning loudly as their shiny green bodies hovered about. We're about a day from Ganadria, Burge said from the front of the car at Rayleigh and Zirathra who were seated and back together. Rayleigh nodded with a smile, and Zirathra didn't speak a single word, but instead wore that curious half-smile on her face as she gazed upon the four brothers in the near distance. We continued onward along the road towards the hills, until our path eventually took us along the side of the first one, whose bottom had been cut into for the road, which at that point began to swerve slightly along the rockier parts of the hill, masses of vine hanging hair-like over the sides. Thankfully not the kind of vines that will reach down and grab us, I said to Z. Those are further north, said Burge, winking as if he were joking. He wasn't. Z nodded in acknowledgement, but did not laugh. We rounded about the first of the brothers in a half hour, at which point the path opened up with a view of the other three hills, the road sloping slightly downward ahead of us, dropping off to our left into a thicket of spiral-shaped trees and some shrubbery. At that moment I noticed it, clear on the road ahead of us. Another party, a big one. It wasn't hard to tell who they were. I could see their purple banner flapping proudly in the wind, even at this distance. If that hadn't been there, the glint of many suits of shiny red armor would have told me enough. Evolved ones, I said to my companions. Rayleigh reached into her pack and pulled out a dented brass spyglass she had owned since we were kids. She put it up to her eye. Yep, she confirmed shortly thereafter. It's them, all right. Z looked at us questioningly. They're the same religious group from back in the river towns? Same organization, different dudes, I answered. These guys look like they're more organized. Not your average fundamentalist farmers. Yes, indeed, noted Rayleigh, nodding her curly head. They are fully armored, and I can see some of them carrying weaponry. The good stuff. Electropikes. As I'm sure you're about to ask, I said to Zarathra. Yes, they hate all the old tech. Say it's blasphemous to have any, but... It is fine if they are given it by their gods, Zarathra completed my thought. At least to them, morality is relative, after all. Their view of morality is determined by the dictates of their lords beyond. So if the lords say it's right, it's right. If they say it's wrong, it's wrong. The priest back in the town told me as much when I spoke to him before meeting you. I nodded. Highly weaponized bunch of crazies, whatever their source is. And you think it's probably a poor idea to cross their paths? She noted. You don't intend to fight your way through them? 
Like I said, they're not too keen on pre-rut tech, and I got a load of it here. And no, I added, shaking my head. I don't intend to fight my way through 30 armed and jacked up folks. What do you propose we do then? She asked. Go around. Drive the cart down into the woods on our left, and go northwestward for a while until we rejoin the high road. I've wandered these lands enough in the past, and I think there's some old trails we can follow for a while. Might be rough on Gildar here, but he'll make do. Z took another glance in the direction of the evolved ones, who appeared not to be moving from their spot between the hills. A wise choice, she stated. Combat has its place, though I must question the sanity of those who choose it as a primary option. As expected, Gildar grunted and whined, shaking its feelers at me a few times as I led the Rusha down the steeply sloping hillside and into the thicket, but it ceased its whining as soon as the ground evened out and we reached the trees. Shortly after, all of us were trudging through the underbrush, pushing aside the occasional tree branch as we guided the cart along an old hunter's trail that looked vaguely familiar to me. Onward, I led my party, through the small forest of rubbery trees with their corkscrew-shaped trunks. Pretty confident none of those fanatics saw us, I commented to the others as we had traveled well over an hour and were clearly out of earshot. Are you sure? asked Rayleigh, stepping over a few scattered rocks in our path. They do have enhanced vision sensors in their helmets. Yep, I'm well aware of that, I responded. But I'm pretty sure we are past their range. And whatever you think of their god-given tech, the EO are not wizards and can't send magic eyes out to spy on people. Rayleigh shrugged. Then I felt a tap on my shoulder. It was Zirathra. Mr. Keff, she whispered, there's something following us. I've noticed it for the past mile or so. Look, over there. Zirathra silently gestured to a spot where an older tree had slumped over, growing across the upper part of an arrow-shaped boulder. As I looked, I caught a hint of movement, glimpsing the form of some kind of being perched up there on the rock. A few leaves rustled, and whatever it was disappeared from sight. We all paused, staring at where the figure had stood. Probably just some local creature, a Jofar, or at worst a Chavril, I said after a moment's pause. If you say so, Z answered, flipping her face away from me. You are the expert here, not I. She doesn't believe you one bit, whispered Burge to me as we walked. Neither do I. Aren't any travels out here. Jolfars do not stand upright. I know, I whispered back. I got no idea what that damn thing was either. But like they say, when in doubt, best appear confident. So we continued on. And despite my bravado, I did my best to push the Rusha just a little bit faster. We trudged on further through the undergrowth, branches tugging at our clothes and scratching at our exposed limbs. Well, at least for the most of us, as Zarathra seemed to have a rather uncanny dexterity in avoiding such. I had to stop a few more times to catch our breath and to reposition the cart when it got stuck in one of the many ruts. Once or twice I spotted our follower. Mostly just hints of movement in the distance, perched up on rocks or peeking out from behind a tree. It never got particularly close, but a few times I caught a glimpse of something that looked humanoid. Two arms and two legs at least, and then a blur that trailed out of sight. But like I said, it didn't get close enough to bother mentioning it to the others. No need to panic them, I figured. Thus we continued on. We began moving forward at a somewhat quicker pace, as fast as the cart and Rusha would allow, which made it still fairly slow. While I was not entirely convinced that we were being followed by one of the evolved ones, I was relatively sure that there was something on our tail, whether it was one of their agents or just some random beast. 
Before long, we were out of the woods. The corkscrew-shaped trees and light foliage falling behind us, being replaced with more green hillocks like smaller and more numerous versions of the Four Brothers, which were likewise swarming with those green vines and their purple flowers. Our nostrils were filled with their heavy, sugary scent, which was both pleasant and a bit nauseating, becoming more of the latter as we traveled further north by northwest, the Four Brothers and the main road still off to our right, but mostly out of sight. We continued our journey, which became a bit slower as we constantly had to avoid tripping over the vines that periodically carpeted the ground. We also avoided the denser patches of flowers, because like the ones we had seen earlier, they were swarming with those same metallic green insects. There, at the edge of the grassy hills, I got a better view of the being following us, crouched at the edge of the forest. At first it looked all distorted, like he was somehow blending in with what was around it. Then, for a brief moment I could see it clearly. The shape of a man, a man in crimson-colored armor and matching helmet. An instant later, the camouflage was back and he vanished from sight. A scout. Had to be one of the EO. Though I hadn't known that any of their mysterious tech could do that. Come on, I said to the others and began to lead us, as fast as I could, through the viney hills. Up and down we went, the metal in our cart clinking and clunking as we rushed across the latticework of vines and mounds, Gildar looking about as displeased as ever. Still, when I peeked behind my shoulder, I caught occasional glimpses of the scout, man-shaped shadows upon the hills, or blurs bounding across the scenery. Moments later, and I spotted others too, further back. Red dots on the distant hillsides, but gaining ground. Somehow those bastards had spotted us. My companions noticed them too. So I kept pushing, saying nothing as I led us through the hillocks. But still they pursued, that I was sure of. When I next peeked back, they were closer. Their red-clad figures clearly outlined amid the greenery. It didn't look like the whole group from the road was there, but I spotted at least eight. What do those Morgo Munchers want from us? said Rayleigh, shaking her head. Our broken robot can't be that important to them. Got no idea, said Burge. But we can't outrun folks in power armor while we're dragging this cart around. So what? Should we lose the cart? I'd really rather not, said Rayleigh. Nope, I said. Better solution. We split up. Rayleigh raised an eyebrow at me. It's worked before. You and Burge take the cart and head one way. I get the attention of those bastards. Lead them on a wild chase. We meet back up again at the edge of the Ganadrian Plains. We all know the way from here. Rayleigh and Burge both nodded. But my near sister still wore a frown and furled brow, her typical look of concern. Come on, you know I'll be fine. Been through a whole lot worse than this. I patted Rayleigh on the back. She looked up at me and forced a smile onto her lips. We'll see you soon, Kef said Rayleigh, as she and Burge took the cart's reins and began leading Gildar northward, along a dry ditch between the grasses. You're with me, Z, I said to my sole remaining companion, who eyed me curiously. You seem to have a knack for avoiding hazards, and I'm guessing you're a pretty fast runner. Zerothra nodded. What is your intended action? Like I said, get their attention, make sure they follow us, not the cart. I'm pretty sure we can lose them in these wilds. All I need you to do is follow behind me and don't get killed. That will be simple enough, she said, flipping her hair and looking unconcerned as ever. I glanced down the ditch to the north. The cart was now out of sight, the squeak of its wheels barely audible over the wind whistling through the grass. Another sound was carried on that wind, from the south, the clinking of armor. 
the EO were fast approaching. About a minute later and I saw the first of them marching over a nearby hillock, using his pike to push aside foliage. A few more walked behind him, close enough that I could see the visors of their helms. Hey! We're right here, you dug a kissing culties! I shouted over the winds as I waved my hands in the air. The one in the lead yelled something indiscernible to his companions as he pointed at me. A yellow glow surrounded the head of his pike when he pressed a button at his side. Then he rushed down the hill, three of his companions following. I tapped Zirathra on the shoulder and ran the opposite way. She stuck close to me as I dashed across an open field covered in scattered trees and shrubs, aiming for a distant grove in the northwest. As I weaved my way between squat trees and overgrown vine masses, I could hear the steps of the evolved ones behind me, along with shouts muffled by their helmets. A quick peek back told me that there were now six of them nearby, spreading out across the field. A few more appeared over the ridge of a nearby hill. All looked to be headed straight for me and Z. My plan for a distraction was working. Which, of course, meant that I had a platoon of armed fanatics right on my tail, ready to murder me. And unless Zirathra really could make heads explode, fighting was basically suicide. And so I did something stupid and probably pointless. I ran straight up to the densest of the flower blooms, absolutely swarming with those green bugs. Brace yourself, I told Zirathra as I tossed her an old blanket to put over her head. I did likewise and headed straight for a particularly lovely patch of purple flowers. The sugary aroma filling my nostrils, the buzzing drone equally dominating my ears. I lowered my head into my own cloak, letting myself peek out through a small open slit as I marched forward and the buggers buzzed around me. It was a tense but brief experience. I was stung a few times before we reached the other end, the hives on my hands and neck bulging out for days after. As we emerged from out of those flower patches, I shook off my cloak and finally allowed myself a decent breath. Z had already taken off her own blanket and was now draping it over her shoulders like a mantle. Certainly unstung, that half-smile on her lips as she looked me over. There were no further sightings of our pursuers as we headed northwest and out of the last of the hills. Maybe, I figured, those Dugga-loving yugs had gotten stung even worse than me. Or perhaps they had just not been willing to follow us through that swarm. Either way, all was quiet as we made our way down the soft slopes of the last hill and towards the slightly flatter lands that lay between us and the city of Ganadria. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.